Our culture celebrates the arrival, but we don't celebrate the journey. It makes it really difficult when you are traveling the journey. I just like to bring clarity to the chaos. I like to work within what you feel like your capacity is. I think a good leader helps people to feel seen and known and also encourages them to more. It is an honor to lead. Like that's not a, it's less of a resume checkbox and more of an honor because these are people we're dealing with and they have stories Keep working until the pieces fall into place, and then you'll realize that the pieces don't fall into place, you work them into place. We are two unique female professionals and friends that have come together to have meaningful conversations and a little fun along the way. Welcome to the Arable Podcast, where curious minds grow. I'm your host, Jenna Mountain, and I'm your other host, Kimberly Galindo. All right, y'all. I'm super excited. We have my beautiful, wonderful friend, Katrina Ballard, back with us today. Um, but before we jump in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read her super awesome, fantastic bio because y'all need to know about her and what she does in the world. Um, Katrina is chief encourager and team builder of her leadership coaching practice, Happy Teams. Um, she consults with small businesses to improve employee communication, culture, retention uh, through their companies. Uh, she also coaches entrepreneurs, uh, helping them work through, you know, fear, insecurity, to prepare, hire, and lead future team members. Um, she really gets to do some fun, complex work with um, folks a little bit like us, folks out there doing their entrepreneurial thing. And so um, we're going we're gonna to talk through that today. So Katrina, thank you for rejoining us Yay. on Arable today. We're so excited yes. to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. I had the most amazing time last time and I was out in the woods the last time we were together. That's so, right. It's really nice to do a podcast episode inside. <laughs> and, I loved it though. Um, it gave it gave great ambient sound. It was good. It was good. Yeah. yeah, it actually was really it was really pretty. It was a very serene setting to look at while I got to talk to you guys. But I'm so excited to be back. Um, always a pleasure. Always a thrill to see you two ladies. So, yeah. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you back was we wanted to just have a conversation because it's fun, but I think our world needs to hear your thoughts on coaching teams and business owners, helping folks build flourishing mm-hmm. teams is something that I think is so needed um, when we talk about teams and culture and business and all of that. Um, so we're thrilled to just take a pause in our day and talk with you about you know, specifically entrepreneurship, but I think female entrepreneurship, leadership, what it's like to be a business owner, a little bit about what you do and what that looks like, because um, it's something that we mm-hmm. we very much lean into <clears throat> ourselves um, and getting coaching, um, even being coaches ourselves, um, and, and value the role that it plays in the world. But I'd be curious, in your own words, 
Um, what do you do as a coach? How do you describe that? <laughs> well, I, um, I was thinking about the question as you were talking and just what it is that what's a good way to encompass the work that I do that I truly love so much, but I come alongside you. And basically if you envision like a, a sports coach kind of thing, like I come alongside you within your company and you are the leader, you are the person in charge. And so I help you to expand on the, in the areas that are difficult for you. I help you to remove blind spots and identify what those might be. Um, and I come in as just like a helper for you. I help you to understand areas that you might be weakened that you maybe didn't realize or areas that you may not even be touching on that you really should be touching on. Um, I think that every leader wants to be, um, effective and every leader wants to, you know, have a team that is working well. And we all have our different approaches to how we lead our teams. And I just want to make sure that you are coaching in the best way that best identifies with you and who you are as a person and who you are as the leader and also helps your team to feel encouraged and seen and, um, given essentially empowered to do their best work and really for your company to thrive. I love that. I think sometimes in our, uh, world, there's a little bit of confusion between coaching and consulting. And I, I love how you're describing coaching. Um, it's not that you're telling them how to do what you do. It's you're helping them become the best version of them. Right. Exactly. Um, it's finding the, the most, I don't know, talented and skilled and grown part of them that then gets to, to use that to enhance you know, whatever it is they're doing, including uh, leading a team, um, which right. I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I think that perspective and that, that desire motivation is, is influenced by my background in counseling and psychology, you know, so I'm not, I don't want to come in and tell you like how to be the best, whatever, because that may not work for you. That may not be a good fit. Mm -hmm. And so for me to give you results that are going to benefit you and your company in the long run and things that you can actually implement means that I need to, it's part of my job to better, to understand how you work and understand your leadership style and what makes you tick and then use that to, help you to kind of expand your skills and expand the, um, just the way that you do things and kind of grow in that area. So I was just kind of thinking like a tennis coach is a perfect example. The athlete is the person, you know what I mean? The coach is the one who's like, Hey, you're already doing a great job. You're already competing at a high level. Here's what we can do to make it even better. And so that is, a perfect analogy to how I see myself going into businesses and helping leaders. So you're, you're starting to go down, uh, to our next question. So I'm, I'm going to oh, ask yeah. it. Let's talk about how you got into this work a little bit about sure. what drew you in this direction and your background. And, and I always think it's neat to, to ask this type of question because it's like, Hey, what were all the building blocks that maybe you didn't know were building blocks that have led and infused and built toward this thing that you find yourself doing today. So we would love to hear that story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, 
I'll tell the long version and y'all can cut it down as much as you want. <laughs> um, but I started with, I, I always knew that I didn't know anything about psychology till high school. And then I took a psychology class and was like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is the definition of what I've done my whole life anyway, like unofficially. And so then that led to a degree in psychology and actually an undergrad. I really wanted to take, I wanted to do sports psychology. Um, yes. And, yeah. I was actually, um, this tells you what kind of college student, student I was. I was actually one class away from doing the sports psychology minor at Laterno and I just didn't take the class. So no sports psychology minor, but it's still just a passion of mine. And then I ended up at grad school. I, I went to and did like just a general counseling um, master's program. And so again, I knew that I, I did I knew that I wasn't made for therapy work. Um, and so I ended up going into higher education, did higher education for almost 10 years, um, became a mother. And so that drastically changed my career trajectory. Um, for me personally, my story was to step out of the workforce and stay home. Mm-hmm. And before I had kids, I actually started a business, um, my first business. And I have always loved entrepreneurship and I guess I just never knew, (laughs) which is just so funny that like in a story you can be like, oh, I've always loved this thing. I have this truly a passion for entrepreneurship. I love to help people dream big. I love to help them flesh out their ideas of what it is that they would like to do. I love to help people identify in their lives something that they could that they do on a professional level that they may not realize and potentially turn that into income. That is so much fun for me. It just truly lights me up. And so, um, once I had my son, I kind of took a windy path and did calligraphy for a little while, which has nothing to do with people. And my favorite part of calligraphy was, huh? But I love it. I love it. All these little random. Yeah. So my favorite part of calligraphy was meeting people. So that tells you that that was obviously not a good fit, (laughs) even though it's really fun. And I like to bust it out on Christmas cards, but otherwise um, it was, it wasn't a good fit. And then I, I started a company that provided mental health support for entrepreneurs. And most recently that just, it was fulfilling, but it was not, again, was not the right fit because it was very difficult to market that, um, just being completely honest. And so that mm-hmm. never quite got off the ground, which was really difficult. That was a really difficult time. And so I just recently transitioned into team building and that just seems to be finally emerging of all of the things that mm-hmm. I love, all of the things, all of my strengths into something. And so, um, I was actually thinking this week, funnily enough, that it's so just keep plugging away at what it is that you know that you love to do and you just don't give up. And I was thinking, I actually was wanting to put this on social, but I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, keep working until the pieces fall into place. And then you'll realize that the pieces don't fall into place. You work them into place. Like, <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so that just the 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 love of people, I think the love of entrepreneurship, um, 
the love of just being a helper and a support. I always thought I was an Enneagram four. I'm almost certain I'm an Enneagram two now because that makes a lot more sense. But anyway, um, so I love to help. I love to hear stories. I love to rearrange strengths and gifts Mm -hmm. in a way that makes things work the most effectively. And once you look back at my journey, I think those threads have always been there, but Mm -hmm. happy teams feels like a true combination of everything finally just kind of clicking into place. So it's a really, it's really, um, there's a lot of gratitude for that for sure. Mm. Knowing that you in this moment identify more with the type two, your company being called happy teams just makes my heart smile. Like those feel so very connected. <laughs> like I just, I'm like, Oh, I feel warm and fuzzy. Like that's, yeah, yeah. That, would, that would be the name of a twos company. Like that feels like, yeah. So right. <laughs> and it's so funny because I was like, I'm going to change to teams coaching. I'm going to, I'm going to make the leap. And I had the hard talk with my husband. I was like, listen, like I, I carry a lot of shame around, transitioning because I want to be able to say, this is what I'm doing and it's done and I'm doing it well, I'm succeeding. And so for me, make changing feels like that carries shame for me Mm -hmm. because it means like I'm, it it feels like I'm admitting some kind of failure. And so, um, I made the decision to transition to happy teams, do teams coaching, speak about team dynamics and, employee retention and employee satisfaction. And, um, I was like, I'm going to do it. And the name is happy teams. Like it just, it just happened like literally just like that. And there it was. And it's mm-hmm. been that way ever since. So I feel like we're about to have a podcast that we didn't intend to have. Um, <laughs> I think you're stepping in some, I know you are for me. I can't really have to speak for herself, but we, we are in the middle of a lot of transitions um, some that we didn't expect and some that we did and, and some that, yeah, they're full of grief and some that are like, absolutely, we're super pumped and excited about. And I think you're right. Like before you gave that last little testimony of growth is what I'm going to call it. Like I was sitting here going, I love that she's modeling the learning process. There's so many of us as adults who are not willing to embrace the learning process, which includes mistakes and unknowns and exploration. And it doesn't always yes. work out linear, linearly and perfect. And then you were just right. so vulnerable and willing to go. And there was shame in that for me. And that was hard. Yeah. And, I'm through it and I'm going, yes, me too. Like yes. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> yes, it is. And I think that you, adopt a certain, I think in our, we're all in similar ages, life stages kind of place in our lives. And you adopt this idea of what success should be. And success should be that you say you're doing this thing, or in my opinion, and in my perspective, it should be this thing. And I say it and I do it and I do it well. And that's the end of the story. And so transition and change. And like you said, learning and rerouting and Mm -hmm. re-navigating is necessary and it's a part of growth and it is a part of getting you where you're supposed to be, but it is painful and it, it's harder than it see. It's harder than it looks like on paper, you know, um, just walking through that. So yeah. Yeah. And Jenna and Katrina, as y'all talk, I mean, yes, I'm, I'm resonating so much. And I'm also thinking about, um, 
Jen and I have been talking a lot about Brene Brown's um, but Daring Leadership and just uh, yeah. she's got some good content out there. And part of really healthy teams and culture and entrepreneurship, I mean, any of the things that we're talking about here, it is the imperfections and the transitions and talking about how vulnerable that is and exposing that is and how anti-culture it can be because it, it is that it's an arrival process and you, you need to arrive versus right. go, go through a journey in a process. And, and yes. we don't, we still don't have freedom to go. Yeah. It's transitioning. You know, these things have happened and these building blocks have led me here and this is where I'm going and it's changing from X to Y and this is going to be, you know, it's yeah. still, you know, and I'm always like, Oh gosh, you know, wonder, wonder if that goes away or we just get more comfortable with engaging ourselves in the process. Cause that's, ah, yeah, I hear you both. That's just hard. It's just hard. Well, I had two thoughts that Kimberly, that I, I was struck by what you're saying. And I was thinking one is that our culture celebrates the, our culture celebrates the arrival, but we don't celebrate the journey, you know, like, the arrival of the success is like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. How did you do that? What are your, if I hear tips and tricks, that is the most godforsaken phrase. I hate it so much. But, <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> what are your tips and tricks to success? It's like, feel like crap half the time and cry. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's my suggestion. Yes. So no, you don't want my tips and tricks. You, yeah. Anyway, um, for somebody who values relationship, tips and tricks just feel so against everything. That is not the point. The point is that I feel like our culture celebrates arrival, but they don't celebrate the journey that it takes to get there. And so mm-hmm. that's one thing that is, it makes it really difficult when you are traveling the journey, you know, like, and then I was thinking also when you're like, maybe we just get to a point and I, uh, I call it your, your give a crap. It breaks. The older we get, <laughs> it just breaks. I was like, my give a crap, it broke. It's gone. Oh, like, it broke. It's gone. I don't have any more. out of commission. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm, a, I'm in agreement. And I love, I love where this dialogue is going because I think, I, I know we have a shared experience, Kimberly, but I'll speak for myself. I think what's really helped me is our leadership coach is a bit like she very heavily leans into this idea of adult development that we actually don't stop and we should keep leaning in and it is so good for us. And so there's been a really safe space created to go. I am just on a journey. Like maybe that that's it, that the end game is being on a journey and journeying well. And um, what's the next leg of said journey or marathon or chapter or whatever you want, you know, whatever metaphor imagery we want to use to embrace it. And I will tell you, oh, amongst everything else that's happened in the last 12 plus months, um, because that's when I happened to start my leadership coaching experiences in the middle of a pandemic. Um, what's been sweet is when you lean into these ideas and concepts that we're talking about, you really do stop resenting your mistakes and imperfections and 
process because you're so focused on a finish line that that's really not what it's supposed to be about. It's like, Oh, okay. This season, this is what this is about. And to be really present in it and embrace it and enjoy it. There's, there's a sweetness to that shift when it can finally happen for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to say y'all are like rock stars. We have PhD, new moms, business owners, leadership coach. I was like, how can you possibly put it, fit another thing in? And you're like, oh, I started my leadership coaching. I'm like, y'all are fantastic <laughs> women. Okay. I am in the company of the greats over here. <laughs> we feel that way about you. Well, that's kind, but. <laughs> well, I'm curious, friend, what would you say your kind of favorite part of your work is? right now as you, as you do this team's coaching, like what, what's your favorite, what's your favorite stuff? My favorite part is there's a few favorite parts. Um, I'm like a mom that's like, I can't say my favorite child. Um, (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) Yes, you can. Tell us. Um, Spill the tea. Um, But no, I think my favorite part is there's, it is twofold because part of it is hearing the stories and making the connections with people. Um, that's just always been something that has filled me up and it, it continues to be something that really, it it does. It fills me up, um, as I learn about people and learn what makes them tick. So that is one favorite part. The second favorite part really is just, um, providing clarity in providing names to issues that people struggle with, but they can't quite yes. figure out what it, what the burr in their side is. Hey, I'm from Texas, burr in your side. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but really just to, to help identify what that is and, and untangle the knots. Um, because I think that, again, you know, I hold the belief that we, we kind of do know how to, how to make things work. And we do know how to make things successful. Sometimes we get tripped up. Sometimes it, the, the vision gets really cloudy and we need somebody to help us kind of clear it out. Um, and so I think those are my two favorite parts is, is the connection with people and also the strategy of helping to provide clarity where there's a lot of confusion and a lot of frustration. So mm-hmm. we're, um, we've got it on the books um, Katrina, you and I have talked about, we've kind of shared about our families off and on. So my yeah. husband is, um, like a literature buff and a writer. And, right. um, one of the sweetest things he said this last year when we've spent probably more time together than we, we ever have. And I don't know if I should be ashamed of that or not, but, um, he said he, he's just gotten really tuned into the fact that God gave him a pen. Like that's his mm. calling. Um, but we were having this really cool dialogue and we're going to have him on the podcast to talk about this, just the power of language, which is what you're talking about when our right brains are having this experience Mm. and our left brains don't know how to describe it. And so it kind of leaves us in chaos. And so one of the things you do is help demystify what's happening and give language to dynamics and maybe even language to processes to walk out of them or improve them or whatever yes. to heal them. So I love that you've touched on that. Cause I, I don't know if people realize the power of language. I right. really, I, I think it's lost. Yeah, definitely. I, mm-hmm. I completely agree. So, and thank you for giving a name to that. Cause again, 
when we're walking our own paths, there's, there's a lot of like, I don't know. I just do what I like. I do what I'm good at. Yes. (laughs) The language to dynamics. I'm like, yes, I'm going to write that down. (laughs) I know. Right. I'm going to take notes over here too, by the way. We're all taking notes. What did I learn from Katrina today? (laughs) Let's, um, Let's dive into uh, and talk about leadership for a second. Um, I'm not really confident that everyone really understands what leadership is and what it's not. Um, I think it is, and I and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, I think we've got amazing leaders, and so we try to like take who they are and maybe operationalize that to everything. Or we have terrible leaders, and and it's you know poorly mi- misrepresent that. Um, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. Kimberly, you mentioned some of Brene Brown's work and I mean, just a myriad of other things out there. Tell us your thoughts. Like what, what do you observe? What are you trying to develop when you're working with leaders, um, specifically maybe in, within the context of happy teams and the goals of those services, things like that. Let's talk about leadership. Let's put some words to that for our audience that might be helpful. Yeah, definitely. I think leadership is the way that I see it is you're in this position, you have people that are following you in whatever capacity. Um, and I believe that good leadership is less about always knowing the right thing, the right next step. And it's more about being willing to hear, to listen, to see, to learn. Um, and again, we talked about a journey, being on a journey a little bit earlier, but also just, you want to help lead the people that you, that are following you on this journey. And you're, you're not going to do it perfectly. You know, you may have management experience or management education or leadership training, or, you know, all of these things, all of the buzzwords, And there's a lot to that, Um, but I am kind of on a mission to help people to lead with compassion and with grace and and with with authenticity is what I'm trying to say, Um, Mm -hmm. where we have a a goal and we are all moving towards this goal. And so it's my job as the leader to shepherd us towards – Mm-hmm. what it is that we're working towards, but also to be somebody who helps you to grow as a person in the process and to have an experience where when you step away from this organization, again, in whatever capacity it may be, whatever that looks like, that you take with you lessons that you've learned about yourself, about the work that you do, about what your strengths and what your gifts are. Um, I think a good leader helps people to feel seen and known and also mm-hmm. encourages them to more, you know, um, and to more may mean one person is a, goes into leadership training is on it and is on an executive track. And one person is they identify that you actually have really amazing strengths in this area that is not what you're doing. So what does it look like to explore that? Um, so it's stewardship, it's shepherding, but it's mm-hmm. also, being willing to grow and learn for yourself. And I think that we are, I can see the growing, the, the um, indicators of this kind of culture shift growing that we're kind of, it seems like we're stepping out of the 
be as much like a robot as you possibly can and produce, 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 and more into the looking at the whole person and understanding that you Mm -hmm. get more out of somebody when they are nurtured. Um, And so that is, I'm a huge proponent of leadership in that way and using that method of leadership um, because I've experienced it myself when I've been under great leadership and um, I've seen the power of what it can do in helping other leaders to grow um, and to, to move towards the goal. So I think a good leader has the objective in mind and that is, that's what they do. You know, that's, you lead the group of people towards the objective. And so that's your job, but also to make sure that you are helping to grow the people that are under your care. Um, Mm -hmm. I joined another group yesterday and I, I said, I was like, in my opinion, it is an honor to lead. Like that's not a, it's less of a resume checkbox and more of an honor because these are people we're dealing with and they have stories that they enter into your, you know, you guys join in a life journey through professional work, of course, but you, the person they, they, they meet your, they join your journey at a specific part. And I think that then you take that and as a leader, you help them towards the goal that you have. You keep that in mind and you try to leave the person better than when they came. Um, so again, huge sports junkie over here. Always have been, always will be proud Baylor alumni. So Baylor just won the men's basketball, just won the championship, right? Sick and bears. I like thought I would cry. I didn't. There was a lot of screaming. And so Scott drew is the coach of the hour, right? He's king of the hill. And so he talks about, they've got a joy, um, mantra that they have and it's Jesus, others, and yourself. And so that's a big thing that he does is he's like, I don't coach these kids. Like the goal is to win the basketball championship. That is all, that's the goal. But I also have a responsibility to nurture young men into boys into men. And I want them to leave, you know, with a strong faith and with the commitment to being husbands and fathers and stewards of whatever their life journey has them on. And that is such an amazing representation of what I think a powerful leader is. It doesn't mean that you always have the answers. You're not always going to do it right. But when you make the choice, because I also think it's a choice to value the people that come into your life based on this, you know, goal that you have, um, and you choose to steward them and grow them while they are with you, then I think that is, that's a powerful model of leadership. Um, Mm -hmm. and one that I'm a huge fan of. So. Mm. It's so powerful and moving because I think Jenna and I would both say we resonate with that as we lead. Um, and what it brings up for me is the question. And I know Jenna, you and I have talked about it privately. We've talked about it in mentorship and coaching, but we'd love your thoughts, Katrina. Some of the common challenges for leaders, specifically it in executing what you've just described, but I think about in our current culture and climate of business, I do think, you know, this last year we've seen a lot of pivots in a lot of arenas, and I think, you know, business being one of them. Um but just challenges as you see them, common challenges. Is it with this dynamic of this 
I would call kind of relational leadership, um, whole person leadership, um, having the objective in mind, but not forgetting the people you're leading. Um, right. Uh, or would you describe other common challenges and hurdles that, that you would say that you see? I think sometimes I what I've seen in the people that I work with is that the challenges arise when the vision becomes narrow and you're like, I just have to get this done, which I want to say is very valid and very real. And that pressure to deliver is huge. I, you know, I never want to take away from the fact that leaders feel pressure to deliver on the outcome. That's why you're there, you know? Um, and so I think that there, there's a challenge to, to, um, going back to what I said in the previous question, um, that's the ideal, you know, what I described as the ideal and I want to help you work towards the ideal. But I also think that reality is that sometimes it's really hard and sometimes your circumstances don't allow for that. And the past year is a perfect example, not to be too general, but I consider a pandemic to be a collective traumatic experience. And so, yeah, we are in agreement. I'm so happy. You're experiencing your own trauma. This bleeds into your personal life, then you're leading people and their lives are affected by this. And so then you're supposed to just have this like, oh, we're going to grow as people together when you're like, this shit sucks. Like it sucks. It's really hard. It's been awful. I don't know if I can do it. And so I think that there's a lot of challenges in kind of finding a way to maintain that goal of leadership and relational leadership with balancing that with the actual demands that come from the real time logistics of leading a team towards the goal and delivering on what it is that you need to deliver on for your company to be successful. Um, And that's not, again, I think that goes back to what I was saying before is like, that's why, why I love the work I do so much is because I can come in and I can say, okay, I see your strengths and I can see why this is a struggle for you. And here's a way that we can kind of, rearrange things to make what it is the work that you do be a better fit for giving delivering the outcome that you need um Mm -hmm. and that on a on a detailed level that can be you're you don't have the right people in the right positions or you actually need to fire people or you really need to i know your money is tight but you don't have enough people to do the work well you are unpacking so much stuff Katrina, it's like, I could, like, I could rabbit trail in like a hundred of these things. Um, More podcast episodes. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, and, I, and some of this is I'm sitting here processing like my own experience um, as a leader this last year. And of course I've, I've been, I have uh, bore witness to a lot of leaders making hard decisions this past year. Um so to like, I hear you say, you know, Kimberly used the word relational leadership and you, you went into that and talked about sometimes the problem is that like we get too narrowly focused on the objective. I feel like this year put everybody in a compressor and yes. it felt like, I'm not sure it was real 
And I think maybe it was at times. I don't, you know, I don't want to speak for everybody, but like generally it felt like we had to make a really hard choice between being a relational leader and, and like hitting an objective because of the right. pandemic. Like I've right. observed that. Right. Um, I'm also thinking, and I'm so glad you brought in like the word trauma to this because, and we're going to do a podcast on ring theory, um, and, and some others to kind of give people language again. But this idea of like, when I work with a relationship system, right. As a couple's person, um, when there's trauma, like it is like evidence-based to a degree to skew accommodations and considerations and power, if you will, toward the survivor so that we can help them, you know, heal and gain autonomy and, and come back. And the idea is eventually that balance comes back. What do you, which direction do you skew if we're all in it together? I mean, and I think right. that leaders and teams right. have been going like in any other circumstance, I would pick up and accommodate I don't know if I can. I don't know if they can. I mean, I, I cannot tell you how many people I have talked to that are talking about their teams being on the verge of collapse because mm -hmm. there is not, there isn't a person who hasn't been through this with me. And so like, right. I don't, nobody can pick up the slack and we all have less right. energy and no margin and it's a massive conundrum. And you have leaders sitting over this also survivors of the trauma of the last year. Yes. I mean, it, this is rough. Yeah. I think I had, I had a visual image. It's so funny because Kimberly earlier, I was like, I have two things to say to what you said. And Jenna, same thing for you too. Like I had the visual image of like some cruel person somewhere throwing up like a thousand glass balls. They're all of equal importance and telling leaders, catch them all and organize them in same color coordination, but you cannot drop one. If you drop one, you fail. It's like, that's impossible. And that's what I feel like leaders have been kind of thrust into, this you know, year, and yeah. then, um, so that was just kind of a visual that I got while you were talking. And then there's something else you said that, that, um, it brought something up and it's, it's fading away. Thank you age, but, um, <laughs> it'll come back. Gosh. Yeah, it'll come back. But Anyway, no, it's, it's, yeah, it just, it feels like it's just an impossible situation. How do you, I mean, and like you said, it just feels like you're, you're, you have to try to address every story and every experience and try to lead through that. So anyway, I think it's, um, tell me if you agree, two sides to the same coin. I think for those leaders who deeply desire to serve, equip, create, you know, environments for flourishing for teams, it has tempted those leaders to kill themselves mm. in the process. Mm. And on the flip side, the pressure cooker has tempted leaders who, in my opinion, I'll just Frank are not healthy and are selfish to really bear down and dump on their teams and kill their teams. I do. I've seen a lot of that. How damaging is it that if you, I mean, they're, they're walking through their own trauma this past year. We don't know what that looks like, you know, 
we don't know what what those experiences are and then to have a leader make the choice to make it worse but then again i i think that that's just a case of not quite not being equipped to to handle mm-hmm. it differently and so you do what you take the shortest route mm-hmm. and that can you know that can be damaging leadership because you're not you're you're dumping all over your team mm-hmm. um, which is really difficult so let's pivot and talk about what you do in developing and helping teams like what does that process look like like give us give, paint a picture because i also think that okay uh, I'm sorry, my mind is going in this moment because I'm an extrovert. Like when my mouth moves, my brain moves. So it, it's helpful. Um, the I was just having a conversation with my dad the other day about how like consultants can just be such scary processes because they just come in and like obliterate, you know, and then leave. They're like, bye. Um, <laughs> a coach is different. <laughs> like that's not the point. Um, and so, but I, I demystify the process. You, you've given us like kind of this vision and mission of coach coaching teams and helping develop those. But like, what does it look like when Katrina Ballard waltzes in, has been hired <laughs> to create a happy team? Like right. walk us through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, um, based on the work that I've done and based on, I just, what I've learned in this entire process, I, first of all, give you an opportunity to tell me what your pain points are. What is hurting? Just like a doctor, what hurts? Tell me what hurts. And so I do the same thing. I will send before we ever meet in person, I will send you a questionnaire and I ask you to fill it out. I make it clear that honesty is the only way that we're going to like make progress. So you got to tell me, um, you have to be honest. You have to tell me. So I ask some very specific questions and I give the the client the opportunity to say, this is what I feel is hurting me. This is what it would look like for me to have success. So I, I give them the opportunity to define success because if I define, you know, I could say it's an increased bottom, it can be increased income and they say, I want more clients or vice versa, you know, or I say you have the wrong kind of clients and they're like, I just want to make more money. So give them the opportunity to define what success looks like. And then, um, I kind of take that and then go into the company and meet with, I'm a huge, um, proponent of getting as much detail and as much information as I can. So I ask a lot of questions. I will meet with leadership team first. Um, if we as a group decide that it's necessary, I will happily meet with employees um, because they're the lifeblood, y'all. The leadership is telling you where to go. The employees are the ones that are making it happen. And so um, mm-hmm. I really like to meet with employees. I like to know about them, give them a safe space um, to be honest with me, and then put that all together. Um, And then I present, I take the, I'm the person that will go to a leadership team and say, this is what actually is happening. 
This is what your people are saying. This is how they really feel. They're telling you one thing because you're writing the checks, baby. But behind the scenes over lunch, this is what they're actually saying. And this is how they actually feel. And then basically close that gap um, and say, this is, this is where, this is what your pain point is. This is what is happening that might make you feel that way. Um, and then I do, of course, I don't leave you hanging. Like you said, I consulted. Then I'm like, okay, baby, mm-hmm. bye. But um, I then like to, I like to close the circle and say, okay, well, here's some next steps. Here are my ideas. Maybe you need a team building activity. Maybe your team doesn't feel connected to their work because they don't feel connected to you. Okay, well, let's make y'all feel connected. That's super, that's simple. That's fun, you know, or maybe you have hired the wrong people and they don't feel fulfilled in their jobs. Okay, well, then let's engage in a difficult conversation and say, and, and talk it out. What is it that that person needs to be fulfilled? Can that be found within this company? Um, what What is it that, you know, have those kinds of hard conversations? Or what is it that makes you unhappy? What is it that in your job? Like, what makes it, what is it that makes you unhappy in your job? Okay. Is that something that can be fixed? Is that something that we address it and see if there's a solution? Um And I am a huge proponent of fostering open conversation within the company, but I also care a lot about eliminating what feels like um, consequences for people who feel like they don't have a lot of power in the situation. And so um, I have been known to go into an organization and say, this is what your problem is. And they're like, no, I don't think so. And I will respond and say, okay, well, this is the data that I have that points to this being your problem. So you now have a choice of how you want to move forward with that. But this is what the issue is. Um, A lot of times it's not quite what they think. Um, A lot of times it's not the, the culprit is not who they think. (laughs) Um, So anyway, that's, that's kind of my process As I go in, I give you an opportunity to tell me to identify what it is that your pain point is, just like mm-hmm. a doctor. Tell me where it hurts. Um, I give you an opportunity to tell me what it is that you would like to see as a result of our work together. I gather a lot of data through communicating with leadership team, communicating with employees, asking questions, rabbit trailing into more questions if I need to. And then I put it all together in a report or some sort of way that I, I take all, I clean it out and get to the, the good bits and give you the good bits and then say, here's my recommendations for moving forward. A lot of times that might be, you know, let's customize a team building activity or team build training, or let's facilitate these conversations or let me come in once a month from here on out or, you know, lots of different things. But then we, we go from there. Um, and then for the, entrepreneur who is wanting to hire or is wanting to kind of take the next steps into, I, I need help. I have no idea what to do. Then that is a lot more of kind of a coaching situation where we just sit down one-on-one and I talk you through, you know, what is it that makes you afraid? What is it that makes you feel like you can't take this next step? What are the things that are impeding that progress? Or do you not want to progress and you just want to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe the answer is boundaries and you just 
make a certain amount of money and a certain amount of time. And that's, you're happy with that. Um, so it's kind of two, it, it depends on the client and what the nature is of what they need, but that's kind of the two main ways that I come in and help. I'm just sitting here be like, let's hire Katrina. This would be awesome. Like I just, but like, I'm like that person that would sign up for like every ounce of like co- every facet of coaching and therapy. I'm like, yes, let, let's do it. Yes. I like, I like to have like a, a team of people that help me be a better human. So I, this is awesome. I love it. I'm curious. So kind of a twofold question. Um, common challenges that you see in teams that you coach. Um, so kind of challenges, but then also, um, it, so the hurdles in that, but then also kind of even just trends and patterns to what you see even in common like successes too, right? Like just, yeah. so the hur- the hurdles and the challenges, um, have some guesses as to what some of those might be, but, um, also too, like what, helps folks get past some of those common challenges and hurdles too and leads to to success yeah I think that there is the biggest challenge is just the resistance to to different voice you know telling you what you what you thought it what you thought the issue is may not be what the issue is or you know there's hard decisions that have to be made when you come in and you say well my team isn't the right fit for the work. Um, or like, these are real lives and real jobs, (laughs) you know, people might lose. And so there's part of it that when you tell somebody in a leadership position, this is the issue. And they're like, no, it's not. Or, you know, what needs to be done to fix it is that you need to practice more empathy or you need to trust your employees when they tell you X, Y, Z, there's a lot of resistance to that because I think it's it's really difficult to hear. You don't it's not always easy to to be told those kinds of things. And then when again, kind of going back to another an earlier point in our conversation, that my goal is to deliver on the objective. That's what I'm here to do. And so then you're telling me that I need to have more empathy for this person. How does that in a, in a line, get me to a higher, you know, ROI, increase my ROI. That's what I want. I want, I don't want to be empathetic. And I want to increase my ROI. And Katrina's like, I want to increase your, your empathy. (laughs) Like this is (laughs) exactly like, that's like apples and oranges. It's completely different, two different things. And so, um, I think when you're not necessarily familiar with that, it can be difficult to that's a, that's a difficult pill to swallow. Um, and so I think there's challenges in that for sure. Um, and then that's when I switch out of my counselor voice into my, like, okay, what are we going to (laughs) do? What would you like to do? What is the, what is the desired outcome that you would like? Because I'm telling you that if you make the choice not to do the things that I've suggested, then you will continue to have these problems and your Mm -hmm. pain point will continue. So that's a choice you get to make. Um, so then we have those conversations. And so that's a challenge. I think also um, just the logistics, because people are not operating on massive budgets and endless amounts of time and tons of emotional capacity. That's mm-hmm. not 
reality. And so there's a challenge in making those adjustments in a way that doesn't make your company feel like it's going to crash and burn before it gets better. Um, Mm. And that's part of my job is to help you to identify what changes feel like they're manageable. And so, okay, how do we make this fit within what it is that you do? And how do we make this fit within your budget and your timeframe and your capability of your amount of capacity is really what I should have said. How do we make this fit within your capacity? And so some people say, I don't have the capacity. Okay, well then that's why I'm here. Let me do it. Um, and then, you know, so then it just, so we, I, per, I like to work within what you feel like your capacity is. Some people have the capacity and not the budget. Okay, so here's my suggestions. Email me if you would mm. like to follow up, you know, because some people have the budget and not the capacity. Okay, well then let me be the person that kind of helps to navigate. So I think just fitting into the actual logistics, because again, kind of what I said before is like, that's like the ideal version or that's the ideal way of leadership. Um, But I also am very cognizant of the fact that it's real deadlines and real agendas and real goals that we're trying to reach. And so let's take that ideal situation and make it as realistic as possible for you and your company. There are two things that kind of struck me. Um, One is that the work that you're doing lives in reality. And I actually think that leaders really struggle with that. Like name your realities Um, they kind of want to live pie in the sky and in the clouds sometimes. And so we have to put feet on the ground and ask them those. So I love that you drive, drive from this place of like, we have to figure out a solution that's within a reality. And I, again, for me, that feels bananas. I have witnessed it so many times, like to just not be in reality as Mm. they're exploring and coming up with solutions. The other Mm -hmm. thing that I love. And I do think, you know, there are more and more things coming out that are supporting this is this idea that part of what you do and tell me if I didn't capture this right, but part of what you do is you hand leaders and teams a concept map of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And as I hear you talking, your concept map is infused with humanity you have people mm, in yeah. the forefront of that concept map. And that that is, I mean, sometimes you have very people-oriented leaders, and so that's probably not as hard. Um, and they just don't really, they can't see what's happening. They can't see all the cogs moving and how it's all connected. And so both the fact that it's a concept map for the challenges and, and solutions, but also it, it, is, it is a people-oriented, people-infused you know, view of your company, your goals, your challenges. And that just makes my heart warm and fuzzy. Like, you know, all the, all these little 
I don't know, sayings that are out there like people over profit and all of that. Again, profit's reality, so we can't ignore it. But this idea that there is a people-infused way to do this right. that I just wish I could like grab all the leaders in the world and sh- come on, guys, let's go. We got we to gotta get in this category over here. So Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very interesting because I feel like, I don't feel like, what I've seen is that Really, I've no, I. It is based in humanity because I believe that you get such better results. My, yes, the way that I approach it is based in humanity because I love to see results. I I like that. It brings me joy, and I believe that you get better results when your people are are well and whole. And so, it does feel like a roundabout way to get to tangible results but I do believe you you get there and then they just continue to crank they fire on all cylinders because there's an element of trust there so I can give you good work because I trust you I trust the mission that you have set in front of me and so um but yeah so and it it definitely is and I also I just like to bring clarity to the chaos you know that that brings me a lot of satisfaction um and so Yeah. And for the people who are super fuzzy, I'm like, okay, well, what's the plan? (laughs) Let's make a plan guys. So that also is, is an element of it, but yeah, it's, I think you're so right. I mean, you hit the, you know, completely on the head that for me, it always has been about the people. I think it just, before I had definitions for what it was, it was about the people, you know, so just a part of, part of who I am. (laughs) it's deep in there yeah what would you say to the question if leaders changed one thing about how they led their teams like this week just something they could do this week that would powerfully influence this growth and flourishing that you're describing what would you recommend that is such a good question I'm going to give a caveat and say that I recognize that people may not agree, but I really think in the words of, uh, you know, the woman who can do no wrong, Dr. Brene Brown, that I think it's vulnerability to say we're in a really hard time. We, I care about the direction of this company and I care about what we produce, but I also care about you, you know? And some people may not feel the need to hear that and they may not need that connection from their leader. Um, I think more people do than we realize though. Mm -hmm. And so just, I think being vulnerable and it doesn't have to be um, like a feeling session. That's not what we're looking for because again, this is rooted in reality. We're here for a reason. Um, But I think that just to say, like, how are you doing? Like, ask the question, how are you doing? What, what would make you feel seen? What would make you feel motivated? Um, And then also to kind of say, this is, this is where I am. I'm having a good week. I'm having a bad week. I feel um, fear. I feel concern. I feel inadequate. I actually feel a lot of hope. Here's why, you know? Um, because again, I think people do want to relate to each other 
I think on, on some level, and it varies within a workplace. I'm, I, again, I understand that not everybody wants it to be this like warm, fuzzy, all the thing. And I completely respect that. Those people have a huge place in a company as well. Um, and they're very important and very valuable. But I think just providing a, um, a level of connection besides what are you going to, mm-hmm. what are you going to get done today? That's kind of a given. So, um, just a little, I think provide a little bit more connection through vulnerability is what I would say. See how your people respond. My guess is that they're going to open up just a little bit. So. Okay. Katrina, you're so delightful. I'm not kidding about hiring you. It might happen. I don't know. <laughs> I just love it. You're like, well, you know where I, know, I am. I know, to, I know how to track you down now. <laughs> Same two questions we ask every episode. So, Katrina. Yes. What would you like the audience to take away from our conversation today? What would you like to leave them with? Oof. You have it in you to be the leader you want to be. That's what I want you to know. Plain and simple. It's there. Um, I think going back to what we said is just, you might be on a journey. Um, I think that there needs to be grace for that, but I would love for you to walk away. If you don't hear another thing from this whole episode, this whole time together is that you have what it takes to be the leader you want to be full stop. Like my friend Kimberly said, full stop. Um, (laughs) and I, would like to leave you with um, just that you, you know, you may not be as far away from being this ideal leader as you think, and you, the likelihood is high that you're more equipped than you realize. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. What are you taking away from our conversation today? What's your takeaway? Oh, man, all these good questions. I think my takeaway is that there's a lot of value in this work. Um, Mm. That none of us really know that we're doing it perfectly. Nobody feels like we're doing it perfectly Um, and that people really want to be supported and they want to be known as leaders and as employees and in a team dynamic. Um, I think that I am realizing that I can bring a lot to this conversation, um, Mm -hmm. which being vulnerable feels like the wrong answer, but that's the honest truth. Is that I'm like, okay, I there is I can bring value to this conversation. Um, but yeah, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for us to do a lot of repairing work um while achieving our goals, because that's the reason we're here. Um and while trying to just kind of heal from what all of this past year has been. Um, so I think that's my takeaway is 
my thanks to you ladies and thanks to this opportunity my head's gonna be lifted a little bit higher today yay (laughs) week (laughs) um so just i mean i think people just they do they desire connection and you can you can have you can produce results and provide connection like it doesn't have to be either or it can be and so Mm. Oh, our favorite word. And, <laughs> it's and. such a good one. It's such a good one. Yeah. Katrina, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom oh. and your talents and your skills. Like, it is always a delight to have yeah. you. Well, thank you all so much for having me. This was really fun. I feel like last time I was like, I hung up and I was like, I don't even know if I added any value to the conversation. <gasps> this Katrina, time, don't you dare. Well, I know. It's. You know, that doubt is real, but this time I feel like I I really, really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. So y'all, y'all have some good questions. We come prepared. We do. You're like, oh, it's, we come prepared. We're trained. (laughs) No, these are excellent questions. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for your time and your friendship and the conversation. It's good. I love that woman. Love that Uh, woman. I'm so glad every time she joins us, I just want to take Katrina and put her in my pocket and take her everywhere with me. So, oh, she's so great. All right, ma'am. What was your takeaway? Oh my goodness. I have to pick a take at one. (laughs) That's, that's, that's hard. Um, gosh, no, I just, you and I both would say this and we have such a high regard for, um, just health in in work, and so to to have the opportunity to sit down with someone that has common vision for pragmatic, like let's meet the objective, but let's also care about the people that we're meeting the objective with, and the role of vulnerability. And mm-hmm. I also felt really validated in being an imperfect leader, and that 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 yeah. does not diminish diminish what I bring to the table and how I lead my teams. It's yes, it is. It is. And I can hold both the imperfections and the gifts in, in one experience. And that was just so affirmed today in mm-hmm. that. Oh, so fun conversation. What about you? Where do you take in away? She made a statement at one point. Um, when we were talking about being in process as a human, you know, Mm. adult development, all that kind of stuff. And she's, and we're talking about the journey versus the end point and all that kind of stuff. And she, she, uh, she talked about being the leader of a journey. And I thought, I love that. I love that. You know, when we think about our own world, like to consider our, businesses and teams as on a journey and you're leading people on a journey, a team on a journey, a company on a journey. And I just think that has a lot of beauty to it to, and it does, it does shift your mindset as you think about your challenges and obstacles and wins. It's, it's this journey developmental process. And so I just love that language Mm -hmm. and it 
yeah. resonated and deepened a metaphor and picture that is near and dear to my heart. So yeah, that's my beautiful. Thing. I love that. I love her. I love all of it. It was so good. Thank you for joining us. Arable Podcast is hosted by Jenna Mountain and Kimberly Galindo. And edited and co-produced by Chris Vargas and hosted on Podbean. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit our website, arablepodcast.com, and find Arable Podcasts on Instagram or Facebook. You can also find both of us on Facebook. You can find me, Kimberly Galindo, on Instagram at the Kimberly Galindo. And me, Jenna Mountain, on Instagram at the Jenna Mountain.